Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dudes Goose, aka Bull Scripted, and C Red Fred. And we're here after a monumental day within Chicago Bulls history. After 17 long years, there's a new executive basketball operations with the Chicago Bulls. Before we introduce that man, we are going to do some plugs here. Everybody be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at BullsOnTap, at ontapsportsnet. Follow my dude Goose at BullScripted. Following Fred at CBEFred. And following me at BuzzOnTap. Guys, just because I don't want to butcher the name, I know we practiced it five times before <laughs> we came on air, but uh, why, why don't we get into Artie? Let's talk about Artie. Fred, I want to start with you here tonight. Well, what are your thoughts on what the Bulls did today, man? Have we lost Fred? Oh, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I'm here. I know you love uh, Pax, Fred, but I didn't know that this movie was going <laughs> to kill you. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about it, man. I, 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 you know, the AK-47 is what I'm calling them because I, I really believe with the right moves going forward, I think that we still have the core of a contender here. And from everything I've heard about him, I'm pretty excited about him. I think this is the right pick if we're gonna if we're gonna move on from from Pax. And I think it was time, based on the decision to hire Boylan, which was a fireable offense. Um, I'm grateful for John Paxson from saving me from the disaster that Jerry Krause left. But it was time for you know a new, a new decision maker. I think Pax even even himself realized that in an interesting article from, article from Casey Johnson today. You know, big picture. Um, it's a, it's a tough job. You know, drafting is tough. And, you know, he made some mistakes in previous drafts, a.k.a. for the seven. But overall, there's no doubt the Denver Nuggets are an extremely talented team, and he's done a great job in collecting a lot of that talent. Agreed. Goose, what do you got? I mean, uh, we landed the man that shot Doug McDermott right in front of our face oh. <laughs> and got Nurkic and Gary Harris out of the deal. On top of that, he drafted Jokic in the 40s, which is one of the few picks that you could argue is better than the Jimmy Butler draft pick at 30. So um, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, once it was made clear that the Prestes and the Masai Ujiris of the world were staying put, especially with what's going on in the world, they really... Even if they were tempted, this just wasn't the right time for them to make that decision. There's where you had uh, Zanuck and AK Artie Carney Asada. I've seen so many <laughs> nicknames coming out. Um, uh, my pronunciation is Carney Asovas. I don't know if that's on or off, but I think we got the right man in terms of people that were legitimately available and interested in the position, which, you know, there, there was probably more names to be had there, but apparently he blew the staff away because Michael called daddy right away and said, he's the guy. We're going to throw some other names out here, but we got our guy. And I'm, I am more than pleased with the decision that was made. Yeah, you know, this is a guy that I've been looking at for a while, too. You and I actually had a conversation about this, I think, on the last Bulls on Tap that we recorded. Um, you know, just people that we were looking at and, and what we thought. Uh, listening to Daryl Morey today on 670 The Score on the way home from work, 
um, was kind of eye-opening about Arturis because it, this guy kind of seems enigmatic. He's got a real big personality on him, which seems that players really dig. He's very relatable because he was a player back in the day. Um, just seems to have a super nice personality, super smart. Uh, Daryl Morey did come out and say about him, he's not the most analytical mind in the game, but he will hire the people that are. So he ha- he can gather all of that information to, me- to make a well-informed de- decision. Uh, so that, I thought, was really cool as well. Um, you know, I think that this was a good move. You know, uh, along you know, I think... In general, I was not a Paxson and Gar hater to the max. I did not like some of the things that Paxson did to the media when they would ask legitimate questions, how he'd try to big league them or make them seem like they were stupid. That was something that I didn't like. Um, he obviously has made questionable decisions. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know every GM has done you know questionable decisions, but it was definitely time to move on. I think that the game has passed Paxson up. And um, I, I'm really gra- glad to bring our, our tourists on. I think that this is going to be a good marriage for the Chicago Bulls, and hopefully he can bring us, you know, help bring us back to the promised land. We have to remember he needs to hire a GM. He's got to redo this coaching staff. Um, you know, hopefully, for God's sake, the training staff, because um, none of our players, no matter what year we're in, can seem to stay healthy. So hopefully, you know. Something changes there as well, but why don't we get to the elephant in the room here, and Goose, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Fred. What do you think these dudes should do, or, you know, Artur should do with, like, Paxson and Gar here? I mean, what what do you think the game plan is? See, I kind of feel that just got to get him out of there. If you want to get in right with the fans and the players and just the general perception and everything, just... Just clean them out. Put them out of their misery. Ownership won't do it. They're going to put it on your plate to do it the same way that Pax and Gar aren't going to be entrusted with firing Jim Boylan. That's all going to be put on the plate of Arturis and the staff that he decides to put in place beneath him. So I think if I'm personally taking control of the franchise that is the Chicago Bulls, and my name is going to be attached to this from day one. I want a clean slate, but that's just me. Fred? Yeah, I'm going to read a tweet from Kevin Anderson, which I think sums up my thoughts pretty well. And it's, quote-unquote, I don't uh, Kevin Anderson, NBC Sports Chicago. I don't get the, quote-unquote, packs and needs the 100% go mentality, end quote. If Karnisovic wants him to stay as an advisor – then it's a good move. Pax built a contender here, and he'd be an advisor, not making final decisions. If Karnasovis wants him gone completely, then that's the right move. I don't feel like you have to remove the organization and take John Paxson and throw him out into the street. I don't understand it. I don't understand why everybody's out there burning his jersey and acting like this was a total disgrace, because frankly it wasn't. My favorite players in the last 20 years were all acquired by this guy from Ben Gordon to Lou Aldang to Jakeem Noah to Derrick Rose to Jimmy Butler, and it goes on and on. He did a good job. The last three years have been a a, a disaster, no doubt about it. But I think anybody with a level head would admit that the core four of Kobe White, Zach Levine, Wendell Carter Jr., and Laurie Markkinen has great promise. So it's not like he's done a horrific job in drafting talent. So if he wants to stick around as an advisor, 
and he's not making the final decisions, I still don't understand why people have such an issue with that. Like, I don't even think it's good for karma reasons. This guy's a legend that helped us win our first and especially our third title, the first three. It's not like I, I just don't get it. And I don't think it's good, big picture. But I do also understand the concern that is he going to be pulling strings in the background, quote unquote, screwing things up? He's not that type of guy. I don't think he's that type of guy. So if he's still around working for the organization, I just ask, keep an open mind and people stop worrying about it because in the end, AK is going to be making the final decisions. I do want to piggyback off that, not piggyback, but share something, Fred, that I heard today. Uh, again, you know, on my way home, I was listening to 670 score. I was listening to Parkins and, uh, and Danny Mack. And Danny Mack had said that the, his relationship with Paxson before all the stress started was pretty top-notch. Um, that Paxson seemed, you know, happy and, you know, was able to, you know, perform his job duties and stuff like that and not be so stressed out. And that he hopes that if Paxson does stick around in a role with the Bulls, that it's a little bit, uh, you know, less stressful for him than it is now. But he understands what Arturis is going to do, you know, if he decides to move forward with him or he just decides to not move forward with him. Personally, for me, for players that don't keep, I guess, as educated on what's going on around the league. And the reason I say don't keep as educated is because Daryl Morey really didn't pay attention to the Eastern Conference at all. And I know he's a general manager, but like literally could not answer any questions at all about the Eastern Conference today during his interview. And I think that he's one of the better GMs in the NBA. So, I mean, there, you know, there has to be other people, whether it's players or general managers or coaches, who kind of have that same mantra, that same outlook on things. If it's not my conference, then screw it, whatever. But uh, getting back to the point here about Arturis is, um, you know, I think that it would be good to see Paxson leave because the perception about him is bad. Whether we want to admit it or not, whether he did good things for the franchise or not, whether he drafted our favorite players or not, my downfall for John Paxson is about, oh, God, what year is it? It's 2020 now, right? So what was it, 2013, Mm -hmm. 2014, when all that shit about Derrick Rose was coming out that he was healthy and ready to play. That's when a lot of fans, I think you both agree with me on that, that's when a lot of fans turned on John Paxson. Is because, like, that whole, I mean, and fans also turned on Derrick Rose. What did he do wrong? He didn't do it. Like, what was... What he, was Paxson sitting there? I don't understand it. Like, I, I don't think he buried Derrick Rose. I think it somehow got out in the media that he was cleared to play. That was a fact. It, and it was, I don't think he, I don't think he took a, I don't think Derrick Rose, like the Bulls thought he should have come back to play. I think even if you ask Derrick Rose today, that was probably the right decision in retrospect. The Bulls had won the first round game. They were in the second round against the Heat. He sat out the entire year. You only get a few of those chances. Absolutely. I don't think- I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you that he should have come back to play. But the timing of that, and you know that was a big deal around here. Like I know it was the, a the big timing deal, but of I that think- was horrible, whether we want to admit it or not. And it pissed a bunch of people off. And then after that you sound that you pretty much saw the downfall downfall of the Chicago Bulls after that. That's the only thing that people could really crucify this guy for. Because going back to your point, he drafted BG, right? He traded for the rights of Luol Deng from Phoenix. He acquired, I will say this, Fred, real quick, just a little bit of a dig at you here. He acquired the GOAT, Kirk Heinrich, okay? <laughs> he drafted Derek. I never mentioned that. It was good. It's good points, but go ahead. I understand why some people like him. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> You know, he acquired an MVP in Derrick Rose, but there was a lot of little drama things that happened in there, and it made it weird. 
Now, I don't mind if Arturus wants to keep him. Now, this is me personally. Do I think he should? Man, maybe get rid of the bad perception while you can. If Pax is cool with it, if the organization is cool with it, and Arturus is like, hey, man, I want to build a contender. I don't give a shit about feelings. I'm fine with it. 100%. If he's okay with keeping him around in an advisory role because Paxson knows the city, he knows the market, then I'm fine with that too. My heart's not going to break either way. I do, however, think that they should probably move on for him perception-wise, and that's for players and fans. I mean, think about it. There's a fire guard Pax move, movement that outshined All-Star Weekend. You know, I mean, it's not, it's how, not, how- it's not ideal, you know? In a quote unquote an ideal world, let's just let's play this out. Let's say he's still as a on there as an advisor, and AK is making all the decisions. Really, how's it going to affect the perception? Like for anybody that really matters, I know there's going to be all the members of Dogville Nation are going to be furious. But frankly, their opinion doesn't mean a damn. <laughs> <still calling>. Like, <laughs> do, do, if inside that building. All that matters is who is making the final decision and who's calling the shots. And if it's unequivocally, you know, Karnasovis, who gives a crap? Like, I don't, I don't see the issue. But, you know, we've kind of beat this one. I, I, you know. Well, no, I agree with you. Winning, winning heals all wounds here, right? So exactly. once, once that starts yeah. happening, if Paxson's an advisor, hypothetically say we come out in 20, the NBA season starts on time, everything's straight. We're going into next year, right? 2020-2021 NBA season. And the Bulls start winning because of moves that Arturus has made, correct? Yes. You're not going to hear anybody fucking talking about John well, Jackson I, if l- he's still within make, the organization. Let me make this point, too. Karnasovas is not intimately familiar with every player on this team. In my opinion, if you're going to choose Gar Foreman or whoever from this staff to stay on to at least make that transition with an honest, real answer about what these players can do i think i'd I'd trust john paxton more than anyone else like even if he's just there as you know as a as a soundboard for for ak to go up there and say tell me what you think about laurie i just want to hear your opinion on him just to get his opinion i think that's a good thing because he's not intimately aware of what's been going on over the last three years with these players or four years the fact is like I think one of these four core four guys is going to be gone before the season starts next year. I don't know who it is. Could be Zach Levine. Who knows which one of these players is not in sync with his basketball philosophy. I'm sure there's got to be one guy he doesn't like. Right. I don't know. I could be wrong. Right. And well, again, I mean, that's, that's actually a great segue into the next and pretty much the final point of the show. Um, but that is a great segue. But one thing that I want to leave off with, I did put out a tweet earlier saying that I do think, and I, I'm going to stand by it. I do think that Paxson should probably see the door, just perception-wise, because, again, you know how players and everybody else has kind of viewed this team. Fans also, you know, build it up, start something special if you can. If he keeps them, again, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But I did say Gar Foreman, he's been a decent scout. I wouldn't. I, didn't, I don't give a shit if he sticks around. As long as Arturis is the one who's making the, the decisions at the end of the day, I'm good with it. And as long as he can build a winning culture and a winning basketball team that, quite frankly, I think that we deserve here in Chicago. I understand that we were spoiled with the GOAT, but, you know, we're one of the best cities in the goddamn world. I would I would like to see some victories and some, you know, meaningful basketball games being played here very shortly, um, if possible. But going into the, the segue point, uh, Fred, we'll start with you this time, then we'll go into Goose. 
you know, out of the core four, and Fred, you mentioned this in a tweet earlier as well, out of the core four, who do you think, man, like, I mean, do you see them moving on from multiple, maybe one? I mean, what what do you see happening with this? I think it would be a mistake, but I, I do, just my personal opinion, I think you got to give this this group of four at least till the All-Star break of next year before you make any trades. And the reason why is, to me, there's only one or maybe you can argue Kobe White are anywhere near their trade ceiling. And that's Zach Levine and Kobe White. Larry Markin is at his trade floor. So even if you want to trade him, you need to allow him to build some you know, equity back up because what are you going to get for him? He's going to be looking for an extension right now this summer. Like no team in their right mind would trade for Larry Markin and after what they've seen this past year. Uh, and give you anything of real, real value. You're not going to get number one, a top 10 pick for him. Maybe in this draft, who knows? I'm not entirely sure on that, but maybe I could be wrong. The fact that matters to me, I still think you should probably go with these four, at least at the all-star break, and then make your moves at that point. Um, but I, I can't see an argument, and I can't see a possibility that he'll move Zach Levine. Zach Levine's near his ceiling. He's already passed two years of his contract. He's only got two years left. You're going to need to make a decision to give Zach Levine a max deal. And I like Zach a lot offensively. There's a lot to like about him. He's a great kid, still young, super athletic. But his game is built on athleticism. I don't think he's going to age very well by the time he's 30. It's a tough call. It really is. But um, he's the one guy you could probably get a King's Ransom in return. Right. Goose, what do you got, man? I mean, I hate to do it because – don't like to just kumbaya all the time, but kind of just going to piggyback off of what Fred said. Um, Lowry, his value's at its lowest. You can't trade him right now. That would be the worst decision you could possibly make at this exact point in time. Come the All-Star break, if you've seen what you need to see and you're like, hmm, still just a fringe All-Star, I'm really not convinced that he's ever going to hit that star level of play Let's move on from him instead of getting trapped into a big contract going into the offseason. That I can understand. Zach Levine? What we've seen from Kobe White, it's very possible that he is more of a two than a one. The draft that we are heading into is a very point guard-centric draft. Probably five, six of the players in the top ten are going to be point guards. So... You're not 100% sold on Kobe White as a point guard, and you've seen what he can do offensively, which you could argue, minus the uber-athleticism at attacking the rim, he might be able to bring what Zach can bring on the offensive end in terms of burst scoring. Maybe even a little bit more two-way upside. So... Maybe you are comfortable moving Zach Levine for other pieces that you're going to need long-term because you don't feel that relationship's 100% repairable from what Zach has gone through in his tenure here here in Chicago, though his tenure here has led to the status that he's achieved. And unlike Lowry Markman, Zach Levine is at probably his highest market value that he's ever going to be at because of his $19 million contract, two years of control, and he's probably in his prime, given his knee injuries. Given that, I'll toss it up to you. 
I hate to say it too, man. We're all agreeing with. I mean, I don't care if we all agree with each other if we actually believe it. I don't want to. You know, I don't like to make. Plus, con- we're right. Well, right. I don't like to make content <laughs> just to fucking argue like a lot of other people do. You know what I'm saying? Like, like first, yeah. how first take used to be. If we all agree with something, then we're, <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. And I do agree with you guys. I think that the one guy that would probably look, they would look to move right away, is Zach Levine. Like you both have said, he. Ball, he balled out this year. He did. I mean, his defense wasn't all that, but, I mean, look at what he did offensively. His value might not ever be higher than it was or is right now. And I'm honestly, I know, it, God, man, Lowry in his first two years showed consistent improvement. Once Jim had a full season under his belt, it went down the drain. Kobe played pretty well with Jim as his head coach. <laughs> like, I wonder what he could do with a decent head coach. You know, uh, I'm not a believer in Wendell. I've told you both that before, uh, but we're not going to get shit for him if we tried to trade him. I think you both know that as well. I mean, he's been—he hasn't even played like what eight, 90 games in two years. I'm not—I'm not really too worried about that at this point. I want to see what he can do fully healthy, obviously, but I don't want to trade him for you know a second-round pick or something. So, I think that the most likely candidate to move would be Zach. Um, you know, this draft, like, like I've told you guys before, you know, I'm very heavy, you know, heavy into college basketball and stuff like that. I, I love that stuff. And I love checking out like, you know, the international players that are coming over and whatnot. I don't know who's going to be a real star out of this draft. I mean, you can go back to, you know, a year ago when they were saying that, um, uh, God, Cole Anthony or RJ Hampton were going to be the truth, you know, and those guys, it just didn't work out that way, obviously. For, for them in, in, in mock drafts and, and, you know, what experts say. It kind of looks like Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball or Obi Toppin and just whatever. So, I mean, if we traded Zach for anything, I would hope it would be an established player. Uh, maybe, you know, not quite on Zach's level offensively, but uh, an established player and maybe like a high pick maybe, if possible, because I do think that he balled out this year. I doubt that happens. But that's just kind of where I'm at with them. Um, I guess I have one more thing to bring up here. Uh, Joe Colley made some <laughs> made some waves, right? Because he has had the craziest headlines this week. And by crazy he- headlines, I mean like report. Jim Boylan is you know concerned about his job next year. It's like no shit, Sherlock. You know I would be too. You know. Um, so we'll start with. <laughs> We'll start with Goose this time, and then we'll go into Fred. Uh, as far as Jim Boylan goes, man, what I already know what you're going to say, but I want the people want to hear it. The people that listen to this podcast, I'm sure, want to hear it. So what are your thoughts on Jimbo heading into next year? I'm talking about it as if the season's over, but we don't even know that yet. But, I, God, is this what makes it such a weird situation? But what do, what do you think about Jimbo? What do you think the uh, decision will be from our tourists on Jimbo? Like one of the boy bands of my childhood would say. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> Get out of here. Go. And the funniest thing, you brought up Cowley saying, Jim Boylan's concerned about his job. Cowley then counterpointed his own article by saying, <laughs> Jim Boylan, confident in keeping his job going forward. He's a content what? factory, man. He's a content Jim factory. Bo- Jim Boylan was the nail in John Paxson's grave. So why would the new management keep Jim Boylan around? 
Why would you choose Jim Boylan over Lowry Markkinen going into Lowry's contract year, the last year of his rookie contract? It makes no sense. I, I agree with that. <laughs> uh, Fred, what do you got, man? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you hate to ever in this environment, especially to you know wish bad luck on somebody to lose a job, but you know, there's no doubt about it. He's not qualified to be a head coach, right? So I'm, I'm entirely confident Jim Boylan is a good assistant coach and he'll probably hopefully get a job with the Knicks so he could screw up their organization, but he does not, he's not a head coach. He should not be a head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, you know, I wish him the best. I don't think he's a bad guy. Seems like a good guy. Um, but you know, Cowley's a closet Boylan fan and, and anybody who's watched his team this year, I've never seen a worse coaching job of Chicago Bulls team. And that says a lot. Uh, I thought uh, Vinny Del Negro had some horrific job, you know, put up some horrific years there. Um, there were Tim Floyd, too. But Tim I Floyd think, was bad. Yeah, Tim Floyd was his, probably his best. could have been worse than Boylan um, at, for some of those years. But, you know, what, he's, just not, he's just not a head coaching material. And I think the worst-case scenario – in all of this is a, if that somehow Jim Boylan is head coach of his team next year. I think all the goodwill that we've seen in the last 24 to 48 hours will go right out the window if he finds it acceptable to go with this guy as our head coach next year. So uh, I'm a real big fan of uh, Adrian Griffin. I hope he gets the job. I think he deserves it. I think he'd be a great pick. He was teammates with AK for the seven in, uh, at Seton Hall. He knows him. But, you know, whoever he decides on, I'm sure it will be a good choice. It's, it can't be worse than our current coach. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, it remains Yeah, it remains to be seen. But, I mean, you know, I, I agree with you. Um, as far as Boylan goes for me, he, he's got to go. Uh, I think, we're, again, we're all on the same page about this. I've had the pleasure of meeting Jim twice. He was nothing but polite when I met him. Um, I know I dogged on him a lot this year. You know, not as a person, but, it, I mean, which – you know, he probably has a right to roundhouse kick me in the back of the head for some of the shit that I talked, but God, it's just because I'm so passionate about the team and just some of the things that he did just pissed me off so bad. But I, I do agree with you, Fred, where you just said, you know, all this excitement that we've experienced within the last 24 hours, 22 now hours, it'll be 24 around 1130 at night. Um, but if he decides to retain Boylan, it gets thrown out the window, right? I mean, that's just... Oh, my God. You know, I mean... What it, a nightmare that would be. Right. It, it, it's just... It's, it's like, not going to happen. No, it's, it's not, not going to happen, but I agree with what you're saying, though. Like, if it did, all of that optimism is thrown, like, literally out the window and be like, yo, man, what what happened? You know? But um, I, I like uh, I like Dave Yeager. I like, um, I like Dave Yeager a lot. I like Adrian Griffin. Um... Even Kenny Atkinson, I've been kind of looking at and just like going over some film. Yeah. I know you're not a big fan of him, Fred, but uh, I, I went over some film last year of him in Brooklyn. And if he can get a good roster put together for him, I think that he might be able to surprise some people. Um, but that, other than that, I, I'd like to. I, I am on the Dave Yeager train. That guy's shown that he can coach veterans and young talent. So uh, that's kind of the train that I'm on right now. Um, other than that, man, I really don't have much. You guys got anything else to say about this? Uh, these moves before we we hit the old dusty trail here. Well, I had a question for you guys. Oh, I I, saw, I liked your uh, your your poll out there uh, about the new head coach uh, buzz. I like that one, Dave. It, right now, it looks like Kenny Atkinson's winning with forty eight percent. He had Dave Yeager 
uh, Bill Self or other. The only, yeah, the only reason I put Bill Self up there, Fred, is you guys remember that report that broke early in the year that like the Bulls were interested in him. It was all over NBC Sports Net Chicago and stuff like that. It's the only reason I put his name up there. I should I probably should have put Griffin or Becky Hammond or someone else like that up there. But you know, I was just thinking, ah, oh, Bill Self. It kind of makes sense, maybe. So that's why I just threw his name up there. But yeah. Um... No, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to be any of those guys, though. I think Bill Self is, is very close with the GM in San Antonio. I think it's entirely possible. A lot of rumors that he'll eventually take over uh, in San Antonio eventually when, you know, uh, the old man over there finally retires. But um, I did want to talk to you guys about this. With 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 Paxson's tenure in the rear view, I don't know if you saw my uh, poll on this. I'd love to get your take on what do you think his best move was and identified four of them you know the rose over beasley Beasley. that was a much bigger argument at the time from all the heinrich lovers that we already had a point guard let's take beasley <laughs> uh dang from the suns noah and eddie curry trade anyone doesn't know and is not aware the only reason the bulls were able to draft jakeem noah is because of the eddie curry trade they had a fantastic year in 0607 they were able to switch spots with the knicks they had the ninth pick then and were able to get noah and then Butler at 30 in round one. And there was a lot of people t- you know, clamoring for Spencer Hawes instead of Noah, by the way. And then Butler around 30. Out of those four moves, which I identified as his best, what do you think was his best move? Oh, man. Goose, I'll let you start with that one. I mean, for me, I think the clear one's Jimmy Butler. You draft a all-NBA player with the last pick in the first round. Uh, that's not something that a... A lot of front offices, not even just general managers or VPs, can say that they've done. Um, so for me, it's got to be the Jimmy Butler pick. Uh, for me, it's got to be D. Rose. And the reason I say that is because I do remember all those rumblings. Um, you know, Beasley was in with Kansas, correct? Beasley's a Kansas product, I think. I could be wrong, but I remember that. I remember talking to my dad about it. I was still in high school, but I remember talking to my dad about it, and he said, we need to take Derrick Rose. He went to Simeon. We need to take Derrick Rose. Do not take Beasley. Everybody loved Michael Beasley. Um, you know, even a lot of Chicago people were all about it, but I think they made the right decision in Derrick Rose, you know, the league's youngest MVP, a guy that didn't even get to scratch the surface of his prime and was an MVP in the, of the league. I think that was probably the best thing that they've ever done. Uh, you know, or Pax and, you know, Gar was involved in it, obviously. He was a scout. Um, but, yeah, I think that was the best thing that they, they've ever done. I'd have to give them that the credit for that. You know, they, there was a lot of good moments. There was, lot, there was a lot of shitty ones, but there was a lot of good moments, too. You know, a trade that's not talked about a lot. I'm not trying to, like, go over a ramble. You guys remember when we traded for John Salmons? Yeah. Fantastic move in it, 2009. Yeah, it's never talked Saved about. Saved the season. It's never talked about. It is a fantastic not only- move. Yeah, not only you got Brad Miller in that same deal for like basically not I can't remember what we even sent there, but it was garbage, whatever it was. And that saved that season because mm-hmm. um, Dang was injured for the remainder of that season. Then we had the legendary first round matchup against the uh, Celtics when uh, Rose and, and Ben Gordon just delighted all. Um, but that would have never happened, you know, if it wasn't for that move. Salmons was fantastic, and Brad Miller was just the defensive anchor that we needed and i think he had a very good effect on noah Uh they had a very close relationship after that and you you saw noah really i think kind of up his game quite a bit due to that deal great point i mean that's a to me i I think it is rose over beasley in the the gar packs tenure i mean that guy rose in in 2008 9 
uh, 10, 11 was uh, 12 was just a incredible force in nature that will you will you'll probably never see again. And people forget how good he was. I think you know. Well, yeah, um, once he's just gone, awesome. you don't appreciate it. You know, I mean, it, watching him play, I know I took it for granted while we were watching him play. I mean, I loved. I mean, don't get me wrong, I loved the dude to death. I loved watching him play the game, but it was just things that he was doing. Then when you don't have it anymore, you're just kind of like, ah, oh, oh, that sucks. Yeah. You know, but I'm I'm excited for you know the the future of the Chicago Bulls. Um, I'm hoping that our tourists can you know do something huge here, and you know, I mean, give them some time. Obviously, because, you know, Fred, like you said, you know, who knows if he comes in the next year, he wants to, you know, evaluate. Um, you know, I, I, I'm i not sure what he's going to do, but we have to give him some time. I think that's definitely the biggest thing. Don't get too impatient. Give him some time to work to try to build something. He obviously built something pretty special over in Denver. Um, hopefully he could do it here and we can turn into uh, not just playoff contenders, but championship contenders as well. Uh, you guys got anything else to lead out with? No, other than adding the fact that uh, he's been operating with a franchise that doesn't have a G League team, and they've been sending a lot of their <laughs> second-round injured prospects to play for the Windy City Bulls, like Bubble. Um, Bubble. Hey, I, I think it's pretty encouraging to see uh, what somebody who built a roster that was so deep that you had players in the G League on teams that aren't even controlled by your own team. Uh, and you got Michael Porter Jr. sitting on the bench so deep that he barely plays as well. So uh, I think if you have that kind of person coming in, there's there's positivity positivity all around. And Jim Boylan, just just pack your stuff. Just, just leave. There's there's no reason to stay. He's not going to tell you to stay. Just just see yourself to the door. Just do it graciously and wish you the best of luck in your next assistant coaching job. Another Collie headline. Paxson will leave if fired. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. All right, everybody. Be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap. Following at ontapsportsnet. Hello. Following oh. at Bull scripted, aka Goose, following myself at Buzz on Tap and following at CBE Fred. We'll be back, I guess, when we're back. If something big happens, that's when we'll come back, no doubt. But uh, again, thank you. Just one more for thing, joining. I wanted to pub. Oh, I go just ahead. To pub. Uh, I got a big. The, the Kirk Heinrich song is finally going to be out this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to probably release it on Easter. So I hope you all enjoy it and take a listen to it. It's a true story of a uh, of an evening at the United Center in December of 2000. And uh, it was uh, 2009 where I had to explain to a young Heinrich fan sitting next to me that he was likely going to be traded uh, because he wasn't that good. Easter is God's day and we're not going to do that. Okay. (laughs) It's God's day. I, I, I gave you a small cut. Buzz, I hope you enjoyed the, uh, the I, first I actually, demo of it. Uh, my wife listened to it with me. We both thought it was fantastic. I'm, I was proud of you for that. I mean, as much as I hated the substance, I thought it was very good. Keith, <laughs> did you hear it? I mean, uh, I, I Goose? Did it, was, um, it was interesting. <laughs> Thanks a lot. The last I, lyric. I, I, I thought adding the, the 420 in there was also rather interesting. <laughs> um. Not gonna say I'm opposed, but interesting. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's a demo. Let's, let's all let's demo. all put our let's all put our goggles on and buckle in and wait for the uh, final debut. 
Brett, if, you, if you release this on Easter, I'm going to be tremendously pissed off because it's God's day. <laughs> you can't do it on Easter because my wife's going to ask me why I'm in a bad mood sitting downstairs. It's because one of my one of my best buds released a song hate on my favorite player. No. Oh, God. All right, everybody. Be sure to go on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasts. I'll definitely.